Hello, welcome to the uh, first Palm Reader podcast. Yep, this is uh, my name's Lee, and I run the label with with Callum, who just spoke. And uh, we decided. I don't know whose idea it was. It's, I'm, it I'm was, saying, I'm it was it's definitely mine. my idea. One of us came up with the idea to do a podcast. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts most weeks, and uh, it's just a really cool way to get interesting people on and chat to them about different things. So, um, the first episode today, we've got Will from Creeper. Uh, Creeper, a band on our label, who are absolutely killing it at the moment. They're a young, you know, you know, quite a new band. Uh, we originally worked with Will when he was in our time down here. Um, and we also recorded yesterday with Brendan Burns, so that's going to be in next week's podcast. And we've got a bunch of uh, guests lined up for the next few weeks. And we're going to just talk about our label, going to talk about records, going to talk about comedy, TV shows, different things like that. Yeah, I guess it's just just a good way to sort of speak to people who we who we work with really and um you know, as well as putting up their labels we're friends with them and it's just a good way to sort of get people who buy these records um you know just as something extra really isn't yeah. it um so with the label we've got some new pre-orders coming up as well we've got uh, the secret show tape which is matt davis from funeral for a friend and he's touring with alcoa in pretty may. soon isn't it yeah in may um, this first track from that is streaming on our Bandcamp, so if you go to palmreaderrecords.bandcamp.com, you can hear the first track. You can pre-order it digitally there, or you can pre-order a limited to 100 cassette tape on our store. Um, we got the new Raging Speedhorn 7-inch, so we're really happy with this. Speedhorn are a massive band, and it's uh, it's really cool of them to to do it through a small label like us. So uh, we got that's called Halfway to Hell, and it's limited to 300. We haven't got many of those left at all. That's uh, going to sell out, so if you want to get onto that, you should get on it soon. And, uh, yeah, we've also got the Brendan Burns LP as well, and um, if you like what you hear today, make sure you tune into the next one because it's really fucking funny, and uh, we talk about the LP there, and there's uh, a lot of track in there as well. Um, and then we've also got some new stuff in the distro from Deathwish and Run For Cover, and we've also got our monthly sale going on. For those of you that don't know, um, every month we do sort of a deal, uh, and this this month you can just get all the Bridge Nine stuff for half price, which is pretty cool. So thanks very much for everyone that's ordered so far. Yeah, that's that, the response to that one's been been awesome, and we've pretty much we've sold out a majority of the Bridge Nine stuff. We do have left. Uh, Records and CDs from Candy Hearts, Foundation, and Good Time Boys. And um, some of you might know I was in Good Time Boys, and I've got a lot of Good Time Boys records left <laughs> in my cupboard at home. So I think they're going to be on half price for, yeah, for it'd be, some it'd be, time. It'd be really nice <laughs> if people picked that up so, um, so I can free up some space in my house. Because you're having... You're having a baby soon, yeah, aren't you? So, so I need as much space as possible for <laughs> uh, baby stuff. So <laughs> if people could order the Good Time Boys thing, uh, we'd be really happy. Plus all the um, uh, trying to sell you shit thing out of the way. And uh, yeah, so... Enjoy, listen, yeah, yeah, enjoy. Hope you enjoy it. We had, we had good fun recording it. Will mm. did as well, and it was, uh, yeah, it was really cool. So here we are, doing our first podcast. Yeah. With, uh, and we've got Will from Creeper with us. Who is uh, he's put two releases out on there? We put two releases that Will's involved with. So uh, first one was our time down here, and the second one was the, the Creeper EP. And uh, Will's on tour at the moment. So how's the tour going? Tour's going great. Yeah, I'm just on tour with Moose Blood. Just saying earlier on, like just the shows have been off the hook. They've been really, really cool. It's been like 
It's been like a completely different because we've done two tours. The first one was that funeral for a friend dates, mm. and this is like uh, another great tour just after that with Moose Blood. But the shows <laughs> are well different because we're like obviously we're hard to build on this tour as well, and like it's been um, the same sort of audience, the same sort of crowd, I suppose. Like um, got a mix of like kind of hardcore, older hardcore punk kids and like a lot of younger kids, I suppose, that have found the band through like Moose Blood uh, to tour with Mary Knox. So mm. you have those kids that come down. Like different crowds and things, I suppose. Yeah. So it's been a similar crowd, but like on, on both tours, the first two tours we've done. Like. Yeah, well, I feel like with Funeral, they're one of those bands that people have stuck with them. And then also because they're sort of like a salmon or UK band, those younger kids sort of getting involved and coming to shows as well. So that, that's how we get that mix with that band. It's cool, actually, for both bands to see that because you don't, um, especially being involved in like DIY punk and stuff, you mm. tend to get like a similar sort of audience most of those shows. But the mix of crowds is, is really cool because it's kind of challenging sometimes to try and, as for me, like I've never really um, had to perform to like younger kids that young before before this year. Like, yeah. Uh, that's never really happened. So it's completely different, you know, if you, like to, to, to after a show to speak to somebody at that age as well because you can't talk about bands so much because half the stuff you've grown up with that is completely new to them. Like, so yeah. It's trying to find common ground as well. But mm. it's really exciting to see like younger kids get involved as well, especially like the Moose Bug thing. The funeral for friends, you can kind of understand. Um, yeah, like, why the younger kids? Yeah, are, right. yeah. But like to see Moose Blood have a, a, a band like that as well, like a punk band, yeah. um, to have that pull of younger kids as well, it's exciting to think that um, that's still carrying on, and that's you know a, a good band, a good punk band are, um, are doing that well. Like in, in yeah, and, and a UK punk band as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not when I was when I was younger, there wasn't a lot of UK bands to get into, um, so I'd get into stuff from like getting off the the epitaph and the Fat Wreck samplers. Um, the punk aramas and stuff. Punk aramas, yeah. So it's nice to have like UK, UK bands, like Basement as well, or another band that sort of younger younger people can get into. Um, almost not maybe not gateway bands, but uh, bands broad, yeah, yeah, horizons. Um, going back to what I said about you, so you you were originally in well you were in our time down here, and that's how we sort of had a, a working relationship. Yeah. Um, you were the first our time down here was the first band that we worked with, but we weren't previously friends with our first two releases good good time boys and a band from australia called declaration it's also our first vinyl release as well wasn't yeah it? so we met you through matt from funeral so again there's a link with funeral yeah, yeah. i suppose like it's a small world now it's all linked through matt yeah <laughs> the, thing, the, best, the best thing that funeral are doing now anyway are just sort of introducing their sort of hardcore fan base to more up and coming acts well they've got greater out with them yeah and, yeah. Yeah, and Svalbard uh, yeah Svalbard like, and they took Nowell's out with them as well didn't they also they've got Bells out at the moment as well yeah. Bells yeah. so yeah they're definitely Matt, Matt's you know Matt's very supportive of the UK hardcore scene so that's reflected in who he chooses because Matt's over the last year or so you can see Funeral taking more of these bands out because Matt has sort of more control over who they take out at the moment so that's reflected there but um so yeah, that vinyl release, Matt was sort of really important in, in well, pivotal in that because he actually he funded he, it. He funded it. Yeah. He loaned <laughs> us he loaned us the money to put her out, which was incredible of him and showed how supportive he was of our time down here, even though you were splitting up, that he knew that this record needed to have that vinyl release. I never found out why you guys split up anyway. So basically, um we've been touring for like our time down here started years and years ago, um and I was 18 and 27 now imagine that like that gap of time hell, yeah. so so most of my like kind of adult life I, I was just away on tour and we just um we just 
I put all my stuff in my dad's garage and just sofa surfed in Southampton. And um, so I was the youngest guy um, in the band and Ian joined afterwards because we used to be like a four-piece and play like kind of more straight-up hardcore, I suppose. But anyway, it got to a point um, after we we've been touring for so long, it was really like ridiculous, and it, it was you know what it's like. There's, you, it's really difficult, and there's, there's never any money in it, which we never <coughs> never thought we never wanted in the first place anyway. But no. like it's that struggle of constantly being away. The old the guys who are a bit older than us um, got to a point where you know they had girlfriends, and and it's the same story for every. Yeah, they need the, you know you got to pay your rent, and touring doesn't doesn't pay your exactly, rent unless no, you. Not at all. Yeah. Being creative like to the, uh, you know historically isn't. Um, isn't a, a good money maker, you know, mm. but you don't do it for those reasons. Um, but it, it wasn't money that uh, was any much of an issue. It was more like um, being away for that amount of time. I feel like it was a, a, a two-year period where we just, just played every shit show. It's like half the towns we go through now um, on this tour, like we've been there at some point, probably a, a number of times, like mm. um, uh, already. Like we've been, we played this country so much. Um, but it got to the point where. The, the the Gary, our guitarist, who was driving us around at the time, he used to pick us all up because I didn't drive because I'm a baby. Um, and they would he would drive us everywhere and drop us all back home after the shows. And he just said one day, look, I'm. He was approaching thirty, and he was like, I I can't commit to being away as much as uh, as the band needs us to be, you know, and, and to constantly keep active. And I didn't want to take a step back. I I, I was you know I I figured like me and Ian. We're a bit younger. We're kind of getting to a creative peak. We're going to get to a point where we're quite excited, and we had ideas becoming more well formed, and and we were happy with what we were doing, mm. and we wanted to carry on going. And um, he basically said, "I I can't carry on. I can't keep up." Um, and we'd already our, our bass player was already like our friend was filling in for us, and so it made no sense to like carry on like that. And also, then I want to be one of those bands that has a constant revolving door system of, of members. I yeah. kind of feel like that, um, as, you know, unless like self-defense family do it really great. Like they already have, like, um, you know, they have, they set out to have as many different members. Like a I, pool I, of musicians. Exactly. Yeah. And I from. love that idea. I think yeah. that's, that's, that's great. Um, yeah, like, that's, that's more what they're based on really. Now, yeah. I think the the whole self-defense family idea now is just to how many members can we get and how many <laughs> split seven inches can we release? Mm. But yeah, that it works great. Like I, I suppose like, um, for our band, it, we were like a band from Southampton, and it was our, our group of friends in Southampton, and a part of a DIY punk scene in Southampton that mm. kind of we just carried on, you know, carried on going, and, and it felt weird to have to to get someone from the outside in, and, and I didn't want to ruin. Well, the things I liked about our band were that it was a group of friends, you know, doing uh, doing it together. So when we chose to break up and stuff, um, I didn't want to really like. I didn't think it was important to like um, post loads of stuff about why you break up, like. It, Bands do that, you know. And yeah. I didn't think it like I just didn't think it was necessary. Like, so we didn't we didn't make a big song and dance about like we made a big song and dance about the end of the band, but more the opportunity to kind of do something to celebrate, yeah, yeah, celebrate the band's end as opposed to like sort of yeah, just, just moan why yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, I know exactly what you mean about like revolving like a revolving door system for bands because um, I used to be in a band called The New Day, and that I think that saw I think every time we played Portsmouth, uh, our friend Callis put us on. And every time we went down there, it was never the same lineup. There was always different guitarists coming in. Like the drum, drummer changed. Um, then I left and I sang. So Dan started singing his playing bass, and the guitarist left. So we got somebody else in. And then I remember going up to Scotland to see my friend Sean. And um, 
part of the reason I went up there was to go hang out with him and because it sort of coincided with a new day playing shows up there. And I hadn't seen him with, like, they'd basically gone from being a five-piece uh, to being a three-piece, and their guitarist sort of didn't really have... Because uh, I had more of a metal background sort of thing. Um, and I remember seeing him and just thinking, like, it, it just com- it's the same name, but it's just a completely different feel. And it was like mm. the same songs being played, but it was, it's almost seemed a bit weaker in places. And then at the end, because this guitarist had, like, a metal background, he started just doing, like loads of sweeping riffs at the end and stuff like that. I think at one point um, they, you know, it sort of broke down to like bass and drums and singing and stuff and he was like, come on guys, get your hands in the air and start clapping and stuff and you know, that's fine for bands to do yeah. but like, uh, the drummer fun. like absolutely hated it, like he, he just didn't like that at all and when he started doing it, just watching his face just drop as <laughs> there's like six people in the room like clapping hands um, out of a room of 20 people it's just like yeah so I think there's always a danger of that happening I, I always think it's like um, we always say like, it's really tragic when you see um, those pop bands like not pop punk bands just those pop bands um, perform their show and they have they put all that money into the show and they make, make those little boxes that are made out of, they must make them out of wood and stuff like that they stand on do you know what I mean? oh yeah, yeah. And they, 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 they've, they've crafted this whole thing for the stage and they're playing to like like five people, and they're like, "Come on, guys! Yeah. You know, sing this next part's a sing-along part. You can just all sing along." And, and you know, like doing the Freddie Mercury, like where you, he sings one part and gets them to sing that. <laughs> just kind of like, you know, yeah. let's pull it back yeah. to uh, <laughs> to <laughs> creepers. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we talked about the end of uh, of our time down here, and we obviously that was the first time we we'd worked together. And then, so you brought the creeper sort of. Uh, you sort of just put the. You got your songs together and recorded before really going out, didn't you? Yes, the, like the very opposite of how you normally do things. Um, mm. But like there was a, a big period where we didn't do anything. Like mm. um, it was really like stressful. The whole thing from Arthur Man here was like super stressful. Like a little waking up. It was weird because it's all I'd known for such a long time. Mm. Was just doing that, and so I moved out into a flat and had like a whole year um, where we just didn't do bands. I just went to, I went to gigs and um, didn't have the need, didn't feel a need to go and play or perform or anything. Like and I, I felt kind of happy with that for a while. And um, it was great because when you start having a, a regular like wage, like a good, you know, like making a grand every month, you know, and, and being able to, you know, buy things and, and not like be super broke all the time, it was, it was really good. And um, so for a while, and also I went on holiday, which was amazing because, you know, it's like when you're in a band, um, all your holiday, if you are working and you've got a holiday, you, you, you use it for tour, you know? Yeah, yeah, you don't sort of yeah, go right. to Spain for the weekend or anything. Exactly, because you haven't got the money for it. Um, mm. So I went, we went on holiday, we went out to LA and I, um, in fact, we saw um, one of the, it's funny because um, even though Asma Hero broke up, we uh, toured with a band called Hit The Switch, who were Nitro um, back in the day from uh, California, we went out to California. And we saw those guys, and they took us out to some vegan spots out there. Oh, cool. So even though we weren't doing band stuff, we were kind of still hanging out with all the bands that we yeah. <laughs> it, it was cool. But it, um, yeah, it got to a point where I think it's um, it happens with everybody that's creative like that. You kind of, I, although I, at the time I didn't think we'd do something, I wasn't sure we'd we'd do something like that serious again, or we'd do something that we'd um, go full on at again. Um, that uh, it just kind of became like an ache. I was really, I got to a point where like a year went by and I was like, we really should try something. We should you get an itch, don't you? Yeah, you know what I mean? I have a creative itch that uh, it's really difficult. And 
I didn't know what we were going to do. Um, originally, I wanted to do like a hardcore band again because I was I missed. Um, we've been doing Artman here for so long, and the the sort of shows we were playing at the end was you know there was a lot more like um, or dramatic stuff that we were doing. Like, that's threaded into creeping out. It's kind of all part of us. We can't really escape it. But we wanted to do like a straight up hardcore band for a while, and so me and Ian wrote some songs, and we were going to do like a like a dynamite like um, you know like a shit ones sort of like band like that for a while we demoed these songs and some of them are like um had these kind of youth crew riffs in them and stuff and then it was exciting for like the, the first kind of couple of weeks and then i was like oh, i yeah, i just kind of want to sing like i miss doing melodies and i miss the, so we, it ended up just i know it sounds kind of similar to us man here maybe like, like to a degree um but it yeah cena from hang the bastard we'd known him forever and he was like messaging us as soon as Arthur and here split about doing a band and we just weren't ready for it and mm. by the time we decided um we were up for it he was like oh let's just meet up and just hang out and it was easy like it was really natural i lived with dan like when i was living there he was a drummer and sean uh was a kid that's at every hardcore show ever you know you must have those guys Dan Wales, that just there's always that one guy. He's just at every single show, buys all the records. He's just that <laughs> super music guy. Yeah. We went to a, a, a record store yesterday in um, Northampton, and he like he was like he's got no money, and he he bought CDs. He didn't even buy records. He bought CDs. He bought like twenty three pounds worth of, of CDs. Like yeah. he's just going through. He got, I think he was buying Punkaramas and stuff as well. Like he was he buys so much stuff. But he was that kid, and um, he's a bit younger than us as well. But he, and he he heard that we were doing a band again. And this message us and was like, oh, I, I want to play bass like in a band. You guys up up for it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so it was just really natural. It didn't. Yeah. It wasn't like um, an effort. And I think if it was like if it was really hard to do, it would, we wouldn't have done it. And um, it was cool because with our time down here as well, um, the record that you guys put out that was at the very end of a long kind of awkward teething phase that we went into when we were kind of we were changing from this punk this straight up punk band into like this kind of something that was a bit more um it, i guess suppose like dramatic that record's kind of like mm. uh, you know really it's got like a certain pomp to it like this you know it's like quite it, theatrical in a yeah. sense isn't it yeah it is uh, and um yeah to, to becoming that there's it all these awkward shows where like um we play with hardcore bands Arsenal Hill would play with straight up hardcore bands and um, I'd know it would be a bad show before, even if the show was busy, I'd know it was going to be bad before we even played. Because I'd be like, I could see the kids moshing and stuff, and I'd be like, they're just going to fucking hate this. Like, I'm going to come on stage and do this, you know, like David Bowie, like punk, weird fucking show, and they're just going <laughs> to no. fucking hate it. And it, it would happen all the time, but in a weird way, it kind of bound us together. You know, mm. in a way, it got to the point where we were kind of happy being that alienating band. That, mm. And, um, uh, the kids that responded to it uh, were kids kind of that kind of triggered onto that and, and it became like a little kind of us against the world sort of thing uh, in this kind of tiny really small um, in a small little way I suppose and um, yeah that's what kind of with, with um, Creeper it gave us a chance to um, see what we wanted to do before that's why we did the songs before we put anything out because mm. we toured forever we didn't think it was necessary to like um, go through that whole process we were like oh, we know the songs we want to write like and yeah. we worked out everything like in, in terms of we care a lot about the aesthetics of it all as well and so we spent a lot of time speaking to um, the guy our logo and uh, he's a, a, a guy we've known forever from down here he's like a hardcore punk kid and he, he like he was into like um, psychobilly and stuff when he was um, younger so I knew he'd be perfect for like imagery and stuff and so I spoke to him a lot and so we had this whole thing where we were just like well we'll put out the EP maybe do a couple of shows and um, so we, that's all we were going to give up to do. Like, so originally it was just we'll put out a, a cool record. We wanted to write some songs, and Neil said he'd do it, and it was just like that. It wasn't anything like serious at all when yeah. we first did it. So it, even though it, like it, it, 
now it seems like um it's gone it's gone like a load better than we could ever have expected but like um yeah, at the time it was just it'll be cool to do something creative again and, and kind of serve all of our different interests in one small package well when i did the, the, the ep first of all it did feel like a more confident version of our time down here so do you think that time out uh, time out away from our time down here gave you is it you and Ian who wrote the songs mostly and then other people added to it or well, is it the, the Creepers that's like the, that EP is mainly me and Ian yeah um, but uh, like uh, the guys had it obviously like Dan was played in like a like a, a, a pop punk band before so he has a, a certain sensibility to his drumming and stuff mm-hmm. and that is cool because we not really had that before um, but yeah I, I completely see that like that like I understand what you're saying like um, I think as well that Midnight Mass record was recorded in like 2012 like mm. so, it was quite some time ago now. Like yeah. so, and took ages to, for it to come out on CD, let alone like um, on on record. So we changed as, as a band. We we become different anyway. Like you, you know how like when you put a record out, um, you tour it differently. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, and you get a different feel for the songs and stuff yeah. when you perform them and stuff. And so by the time we came around to this, we were a lot more. I think I think we we're a lot more comfortable with who we were as well as as people. Like we had like some very awkward years where we were like really just kind of finding our feet, I suppose, in terms of what you wanted to do. And mm. Creep was just kind of like the realisation of like, we're a lot more like confident as a as a, uh, a creative force rather than like, you know, uh, just some kids that are just writing some songs. We're quite happy. We kind of know what we want to do. Yeah. Because there's a clear aesthetic to, to everything as well. Like the record looks a certain way. Uh, your merch looks a certain way. And it all ties in nicely to the music. So it's, it seems like it's well thought, thought about before putting it out. It's different to put, you know, like a lot of bands will just put out like a tape or a, like a handmade CD and go and play to like five people somewhere. But I do like the idea of being able to, you've already put a lot of hard work in with your last band. So you've, you've got a fan base, like a ready-made sort of group of people. And then you just sort of, yeah, you just Concentrate do what you did. Sound, yeah, yeah I, I, like, I like the sort of route that the Creeper took with it. How, how does it feel, well, how does it feel going a bit like... Um, in our time down here, you were touring extensively and, you know, obviously working really hard towards a band and then sort of take some time out and you start Creeper and then, you know, you basically hit the floor running. The EP had, like, was massively successful. I remember when we put up for pre-orders, it was, like, it was just flying out. And then, obviously, with the tours that you get in now as well. Yeah, it's, it's been, like... <clears throat> it's been mad. It's been, like... um, It's been amazing. It's been incredible. But, like, I suppose... uh. It was kind of weird for me because that Midnight Mass record, like when we recorded that on like a, a shoestring budget, the Artem and Here record, and um, all the, the the kids that sung on it, like they were Greg's nieces and stuff, or were like and, and her school friends. So like we had, we were just doing things. We worked really hard on it when it was actually a small budget, and and we didn't have much time to do it, and it was it was a really hard record, and um, that like it, it kind of went like <clears throat> for the most part when it was released it, it kind of went unnoticed really at all by like we couldn't get anyone to like review it and we couldn't get it was really a tricky record to release because we just didn't have like anyone was no one was interested I suppose um, and it was it was a, a kind of like heartbreaking because I worked we all worked so hard on it and um, Neil had worked like ridiculously hard on it as well um, so then with Creeper this like kind of happened straight away yeah. um it was weird. It was super weird because this was a lot easier to, to put together than that than like mass record. Like it was a lot of a, an, an easy record, um, but it, it, it's it's amazing. I suppose like uh, the cool thing about it is a lot of band when you when you start going into the music industry and you meet a lot of the bands that are um, are doing well in the music industry, 
and it's not all of them, but, like, but a, a lot of them uh, have like a blueprint. They want to become like a, a rock rock stars, or they want to become like the biggest band in the world. And they're, and they're writing songs for an audience um, that for uh, to cater to the audience taste. Um, so what is cool um, about Creeper is that to know that we definitely we have no um, we are, we're not we're writing songs for the band and we and as you said like the aesthetic and stuff is something we care about we care about the package and and, and um, making something you know like how the, the record that you guys put out having something tangible like that you can feel and, and you can you know you get that vibe from it you know mm-hmm. and creating something like that is 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 what we're doing you know trying to create an art piece I suppose in, in, you know it's really basic terms that 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 record can. Um, be successful enough to like make people want to cover it and 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 then people pick up on it. It makes gives me a little bit of hope that um because all you ever really want to do as a band is um, have other people start bands and 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 have loads of different uh loads of different creative people together. And a lot of the people that are doing really well, I wouldn't say were particularly um creative as in a sense. They're more just people yeah. that play instruments. Um, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that sounds like, it sounds quite harsh, but that's what I, the vibe I get from a lot of people. Um, and uh, it's, it's but it's exciting and it's really like lovely that um, our, our little band has um, had as much attention because we don't have any like blueprint of what we're gonna do. Or we just want to play shows you, you, records. You you're know? not in the band to sort of play the big shows. You're more in the band to sort of you know craft the sound that you want. And it, like it, it's almost a byproduct all this interest that you get in. Exactly. So it's almost like an, an added bonus to what your what the main focus is. Of Absolutely, and it's it's incredible. Like it's it's one of like to to put on a good show and, and to um do our to do our band like that's that's basically it. And whatever stage that's on, it like we're happy we were happy we would be happy like doing the you know like we would have done like a couple of shows we wouldn't mm. you know all of this is just an absolutely it's, it's insane for us. Yeah. Like when people are taking interest enough to like. Um, even like this today, just chatting about it, it's just it's just crazy. Like I didn't think we'd be talking. I'd be talking about creeper, like I, mm. you know, um, and we get people asked to do stuff all the time, which is completely unprompted. Like it, it's it's really sweet that um, we you know that people take an interest like that. Like we've spoken to a bunch of kids in this tour that have um, done. Um, I did a YouTube thing yesterday. Some guy asked about doing you some for his blog, and a bunch of zines and stuff like. People just give a shit about it, and, yeah. and and that's cool because you know it shouldn't be like that for a, for a band like us. You know it, that we're not the sort of band that that happens to. And for it to be that way makes me think that maybe loads of the other great bands in the UK um, that are you know we can do exactly the same things we have. But we only do it because Narwhals have done it. Narwhals, I think, have helped our band out um, by going and doing like um, press and, and 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 those things that they've had that interest they've had. Yeah, they've kind of set it up for us a little bit. I think. Um, so yeah, it's an exciting time I think for like for UK punk and stuff. Like there's so many opportunities here, and um, the uh, the people that um, can make a, a young kids check your band out, the people that are in charge of that, like um, are more open to putting punk bands and, and hardcore bands in the hands of those kids than they ever have been like the last decade, I suppose. Like, I think what's quite cool as well is you get in. Um, seems to be a lot more American interest in British bands now. So like bringing it back to what you said before, just when you were younger, when you were on, when you were watching like, you know, Kerrang or Scares or P Rock, P- P- Rock yeah, like, P-Rock. well, to be fair, P Rock did have <laughs> quite, yeah, did, did have a lot of yeah. British band thing. But like, do you know what I mean? You grow up and you sort of, most bands yeah. on no sleep, you know, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and obviously, Good Time yeah. Boys on Bridge Nine as well, and well, yeah, um, Nowels. Well, it's just huge Nowels. Yeah, well, so it's only a matter of time before we do. 
Wow, they're huge million. now. That's crazy. That's crazy. But the, the novels have just played every show they could. But um, they're, they're like the they're novels. Like it blows my mind. Like, I love novels. Um, they haven't um, made any. You know, they, they've not made any adjustments to their sound no. to, to do that. They've just yeah. they 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 care about the songs and playing uh, playing shows and and d- being novels mm-hmm. rather than uh, playing the game as such. You know. And uh, that's that fucking blows my mind, and that makes me really excited because it, I, I fucking hate all that stuff, and but I, I, I want it. Like I'm happy to go and um, uh, to talk about Creepers to anybody. Someone wants to come talk to me about my band, like or wants to help us out, or wants to put us on the show. Like I'm not going to say no. Like it, it's you know, for example, all this stuff's happened with Creeper, all this stuff we got over the summer, and all this, all this, this cool stuff is happening. I can understand like um, some people would be like, you put out five songs, and all this is happening. But if some guy comes to you and says like. We met the guy um, who did uh, Download Festival, and he just liked the record, and was like, "Oh yeah, I'll put you on Download." Like that's basically what happened. Yeah. So like, you're not gonna be like, "Oh no, <laughs> you know, we're gonna find something." So you know, it's not gonna do it. So like, everything that's kind of come in, like we like we, for the I think it's the first time in uh, we we were on Hidden Talent for a little while with um, with our time down here. Yeah. Um, but like that was just a, through a show that I think his cousin put us on a show. Um, even him telling yeah, his cousin yeah. and it, we met him that way. But like Sierra, the agent we we're on now, like came to us and we're like, oh, do you want to come? Oh, oh, we can um, help you out with your booking because we're getting so much through. So it's just it's amazing. Like novels on agency group, like it's UK punk bands, UK DIY punk bands are, are, are getting covered all the time now, and it's that's amazing. Like yeah, when yeah, the, yeah. can you remember when you're going up where like. Yeah, we talk about Jefferson Sharks earlier on. Yeah. Or like, um, you know, all the, the Cat and Cakey Records bands. Like, when can you remember? I know that a lot of these bands uh, wouldn't want to be featured in press for whatever reason. Mm. But when can you re- remember when um, those uh, people from those magazines were coming to those shows and seeing them anyway and, and reviewing them? Like, yeah. It just didn't happen when I was a kid. And so I think we're really fortunate um, to be in a position where the climate's a little bit different and, and people are more willing to take a chance on like a punk band. This is VCR from Creeper from my software LDP.
see eye Keeping me up at night The tiny light won't fade Days pass Nice introspection lies And if you long for light What's worse for you than me And you're I've been texting you about it for ages, but you're gonna do any X Files, any X Files uh, creeper merch? <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not gonna buy a creeper T-shirt unless it's got an X Files reference on it. I, I, I think we probably should. Um, we we've been really like, with merch. We're so fucking awful with it. Like it's because like um, we just didn't expect to sell as much as yeah. we have. Like. Um, it, it we we sell it all and then we just like yesterday we had to um it was on Thursday so we had to message Joel because we ran out of shirts and we had to get him to send the the merch to the venue yesterday like he he made a message sent it out like it's we're just not up to date with it as we just doing represses because it's easy because yeah. we don't have to <laughs> <laughs> so well, not only that as well in a, in a in a band in your position as well when you're sort of you sort of coming closer towards a line where money is more of a bigger issue because to keep playing shows you take more time off like yeah, we discussed before like you have to think about the fact that you're going to have to spend like 50 quid at least to get somebody to design something new anyway it is yeah, it's tricky like um, the, the guy that did this shirt for us that we repressed yesterday and we've done it well, we've repressed that shirt like death shirt like four times now it's got like four represses because we just don't have anything else like yeah. and um, but to get a guy to design a shirt that takes time like mm. you have to get him a couple of weeks to design that shirt and because the gaps between us doing things are so um, are so short, it's you know we need stuff then and there, and so it's yeah like I have all these ideas all the time, but it's it's just trying to find the time to get a guy to design it, or you know some guy gets to draw, you know like yeah, yeah. I, I can't draw, I'm awful, but you know um, having a guy that can can put that together for you in that time frame, and then have them pressed for the shows and you know, have it ready. Mm. It's been a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. But it's it's, it's a good nightmare to have, you know, because yeah. we're selling stuff. But <laughs> rather than well, the nightmare of having all the magic house, just the other airway. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Which is what I'm left with a bunch of good time voice records in my house, none of these But yeah, I mean, like this is the first time I've spoken to you at length about Creeper because pretty much every other time we speak, it's about aliens or the X Files <laughs> yeah. stuff. So uh, I want to chat a little bit about the Exiles because right. I'm a little bit obsessed. But like, just interested to know sort of how you got I'm into interested. it, how, how you got how you got into into it, and some of your favourite episodes and so, stuff. Okay, so um, I got into the X Files. Actually, I, I got into like the subject of aliens before I got into X Files because I saw a guy on the Big Breakfast um, when I was a kid. I really, was really young, and he came on. I can't remember the name of the author, but he did a book called Alien Base. And I was I was still in like primary school, and he came on and and um, he was talking about they were making fun of him and stuff on, on this show, and um, he was talking about his book about aliens living among um, living among humans and um, about these these uh, in Nevada, these um, 
alien, these female aliens that would uh, kind of woo like lorry drivers and things. And um, sounds like the plot of Species, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar. To the <laughs> species. Um, yeah, but he, anyway, he did this book, and, and I went to the library, and um, they didn't have it obviously because it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and I had to ask the person to order it in for me, and I read, um, I read it, and it was. It was like uh, the especially the sort of people that write these books. Um, the, the language they use is it was just ridiculous for a person of my age. Um, and I, so I couldn't really take in half of what was going on, but I managed to read it because it, it was just crazy. For some reason, something clicked in me. And I, just, I loved it. Anyway, um, yeah, years later, they obviously when I, I X Files was just on, on TV or something. And I think um, I think it was one of the early episodes I saw. Um, and it was with one of the, the it might have been the one, I can't remember the name of the episode, but um, do you remember there's that scene, and I really remember, really, really remember it, where it's like a screen, uh, like a white screen, and um, and he, like, the, the dude's paralysed to the bed, and um, they're, they're all, like, you don't see the, you see the figures, do you know what episode No, Dwayne Barry, is it? Is it Dwayne Barry, the guy who... It's, it's Dwayne Barry, but it's, it's, uh, there's a specific episode with him in there. Oh yeah, there's, yeah, because there's two, two Dwayne Barry. Um, but yeah, but that's yeah. the characters. And uh, so, so that was, I remember really vividly seeing that and being like, oh, that caught my imagination and reminded me of this book. And um, yeah, I was hooked from then. And I remember me and my brother staying up and watching the episode with um, the the black and white episode with Cher, um, yeah. the Cher impersonator, who was supposed to be Cher, who was actually, was actually in the episode. But um, uh, they, they can make the timing, can, yeah, timing was wrong, and they got that impersonated the series. But that episode's incredible. That's yeah. one of my favourite uh, Star episodes. Postmodern Prometheus. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that episode is incredible. Um, it's such a good episode. There's so many references to to, uh, to all sorts of things in that in that episode as well. But yeah, that was one of the, the first episodes I saw um, when they took part of the barn at the end. And um, but yeah, like it, it just it served all my interests in in one show. In one like, show, yeah. It it, it was uh, all the stuff I was interested in, all the creepy, spooky stuff I was into when I was a kid, and all the alien stuff that I'd become like completely transfixed on, um, was all in in this show. And I think I kind of liked because um, I loved the, like the Twilight Zone and stuff when I was growing up as well. Twilight mm-hmm. Zone, the Outer Limits and stuff, the original Outer Limits were like really big shows for me. And um, because it had like uh, that feel, you know, like uh, there's a charm to it, isn't it? It wasn't just the over, like the overarching, like um, the mythology episodes. It had because they had those round the the, um, the regular episodes in between, where you had like the the, the serials, you know, where it would just be like a um, a, a random story of you know. And, and, and a monster of the week episode. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that as well because it, it, it broke it up for me, and it um, it was just like watching the Twilight Zone. You know, like mm-hmm. it was it was the Twilight Zone with characters that you're familiar with, and each day it would reset itself, and and then you'd have a out of nowhere there would be a mythology episode. And you'd be like, oh, you know, yeah. do, do you do that thing now uh, when you go back and watch it, where um, <coughs> even though like I've I've seen all these episodes like so many times. Um, that I, in a way when when I, I get frustrated because I think I've been. Um, I think I've been conditioned by watching um, The Sopranos and things like that, where it's just that ongoing story arc, where I'm watching mythology episodes and I just want to see another mythology episode, yeah. because I've, I've seen all the episodes before. And like, yeah. I just, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, the first X-Files episode I saw, I remember being quite young, I think it was the first time I stayed in the house on my own, and I was like <laughs> 13 or 14. And I was like, oh, Red Dragon, what's this? And I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't for me. And then I turned over onto X Files. I, I I can remember watching X Files with my cousins like previously, and I was like, oh yeah, like it's, it's quite good fun. And it was the X Cops episode, yeah. and because like watching it when I because Lee lent me over DVDs, like I must have been like four or five years ago now, mustn't it? 
And when I watch that episode back, you just realise how hilarious that episode is and how tongue in cheek it is. Yeah. But because I was like, that just didn't was on my a weird own. episode. Yeah, episode. yeah. Because the whole concept of it, of this, like the thing that's going around terrorising people isn't like it's an entity that takes on the form of people's worst nightmares, doesn't it? I think that whole concept of me and then being alone in the house, I just got scared shitless. But obviously, then when you go back and you watch the episode, you've got them really fun, that really funny gay couple in there yeah. and stuff. You just realise, like, and I, I really like the episodes in that in the series because they've also got the, the Rain Man one. Can you remember that one? Where um, uh, they go out, they go out somewhere by plane and, and they, this guy can control the weather or something. And, oh, yeah, I didn't and, remember. And he needs, like, certain things to control the weather, and it's, like, five ice-cold Budweiser's. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that episode. No? So, I tell you which episode is really good, um, and it, uh, they're the one that really sticks out to me, because the, 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 the mythology episode, uh, Tempest Fidget, like, is that what it... Uh, oh, I, I, when they've got complicated, like, <laughs> names. Yeah. It, oh, but the mythologies ones tend to, in my mind, because, again, I've seen, I've watched through so many times that... The mythology stuff sort of just blurs in my head, so, so I can't remember. I'll, I'll explain to you what happened. Yeah. You remember? Um, so it might be Dwayne Barrier as well. I think. Oh, it's on, like the it's on on the plane where it's the abduction mid plane. He's, he's, oh, it's Max. It's Max. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's um, the, the it's mid plane journey, and um, the the door uh, of the plane because uh, I'm trying to remember. So Moller's on the plane as well, um, and because uh, it's a two part. Mm-hmm. It's a two part. What's the first part called? I can't remember, but um, the, the second part, there's that amazing scene where the door, um, the, 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 it's the abduction mid-flight, yeah. and the door just flies off, and, all, uh, and they're all just kind of stuck there, and they lift... Uh, they're like in the seat, it sort of like majestically sort of comes out. It's not like he's sucked out, he's sort of like slowly he, he, taking yeah, it in rises. his seat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. He yeah. gets abducted a couple of times. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, series, he's a serial, he? yeah. But uh, I got into it because I, when I was younger, I used to be really into horror stuff. I remember going on holiday when I was really young, and seen a poster of Freddy Krueger on a wall in a bar somewhere, and uh, it just all that image always stuck in my head. Like one of the scariest images I've ever seen. And I remember my friends having. His, I went to my friend's grandmother's house, and she had a copy of it on video. And I was ten. <laughs> I, was, I was ten, and my friend was eleven. And we asked his nan if we could watch it, and she was like, "Well, it's an 18. So she was like, "How old are you?" And I said, ten. My friend said, eleven. She thought, "Well, that makes twenty-one. So you can watch it. You can watch it together." Um, so, so from there, that that scared me shitless the first night when I was three. So I was always into horror stuff, and um, I remember being at my cousin's house and seeing she had. You know, remember they used to release a few episodes, like the, the two parts or three parts yeah, of this video, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they call them like the file one. Yeah, and it yeah. was tombs. It was the two tombs episodes. Oh, cool. That's a good episodes to start with. So they were my first two, and obviously being a big horror fan, they it just blew my mind. So and then it was on BBC Two, so I used to like uh, I used to tape it and watch it on a Sunday. I think it was on a, either Friday or a Saturday night. And then I'd watch it the following morning then, because I couldn't stay up late enough to watch it. But uh, and then subsequently, I bought the whole series on VHS. Got rid of them, but bought all up, bought them all on DVD, and I'm just hoping for a Blu-ray release now. Now they're being remade, hopefully. What do you think about the remake? How do you feel about it? I'm ecstatic about it. You think because you didn't like the last episode, did you? I hated the last. The last episode was sort of gearing up to a movie towards the end. That never happened. And then they brought out. But they were they were talking about that movie for ages. Like they they even talked about it like a couple years ago. They were still speaking about that film. Yeah. 
because I, it's past 2012 now. It's you past can't really go yeah, yeah. back in retrospect. Which well, I, they, I, could. I, they could. I guess that's why a series would make sense, though, wouldn't it? I, I, I think it might just be a totally separate, like a new conspiracy or something. Yeah. Well, you think about the way um, they're so set up for series now, like, you know, that's like series are like, we talk about this the other day, me and my friend Andy, how like they're like the, the new movies, you know, you, oh, yeah. like, you, you, it, I, 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 when I watch a film now, I feel like I haven't had enough time to get to know the characters, and I don't, you know, I don't understand the the, the subtle kind of intricacies of a of a character as well. That's when I watch a series. You know, I've been watching House yeah. of Cards a lot recently, mm-hmm. and I just think that's incredible. Like that, have you, have you guys seen any, any of that? I haven't. I've been recommended it by so many people, but I mean, you should definitely watch it. It's I don't incredible. think I've got time to start yeah, a series. Right now. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> so I, know, yeah. I know what you mean. But yeah, it's it's uh, people like with Netflix and everything being so cheap, people's view and habits have totally changed. Like, it's it's hard. Watching an episode of something on a Friday night and having to wait for the following Friday to watch the second episode. Also, you know, it's not it's not fresh in your mind, you know. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, but I I think when a series gets you hooked, because I, I remember when Lost first came out, and I was always like quite big into like um, cliffhangers, like TV series of cliffhangers. You sort of I remember in primary school. Oh, you I know, love Jonathan Creek. <laughs> oh, no, I love Jonathan Creek. I, I I get the piss ripped out of me so much. I think it's because I look like Jonathan Creek. <laughs> I, I used to wear a duffel coat as well. Well, you tried to look like Jonathan yeah. Creek. I think it was just like uh, a subconscious desire. To, well, let's like, talk about Jonathan Creek. Like, all right. I think I tell you what, the first. I can't remember the first episode I've watched. Um, the first one I can remember watching is the monkey one. Do you know yep. where the guy has all the? And I just thought, oh, it's like so tongue in cheek with the, the monkeys taking the shit on the toilet and like flushing the toilet after them. So you and like. I, I watched them all again. There's one with the gorilla where, where, where he, and he, and he uh, jumps, he falls down the stairs. It's when the guy, uh, right, it's a spoiler alert for anyone that's going to go jump on Jonathan Creek now. Jonathan someone someone um, spikes an envelope, you know, where you, you know where you lick the envelope oh, with the glue. Oh, and so, so the, he, so the glue, guy he, hallucinates. So he locks himself in his room, he, he's sending a letter. Um, and then he starts And he jumps out the window. Yeah, he, he jumps he, out the window. He doesn't jump out the window. He climbs up um, a bookcase in the end and then falls off the bookcase and, like, gets stabbed by... I think I think he gets... I can't remember this episode. Oh, no. I, I think he gets stabbed because he had, like, this samurai um, sort of... I don't know. Like, you know what the old Japanese samurai used to wear? He had, like, one of them with the sword. And I think he either fell on the sword or he fell on something ridiculous, like, you know, them little... Uh, where you put a receipt on a spike, sort oh, of yeah. something like that, and they thought, oh, you know, somebody was in the the suit all along, the doors locked from the inside and stuff. But I remember I watched them because I, I like watching it when I pack orders now because it's just I know what I know what's happening, so I can like sort of just listen to it in the background and just sort of you know carry on packing orders for a couple of hours when we've got big releases coming up, and then. Um, I, I, you don't realise how the relationship between Jonathan Creek and Madeline and like how it all sort of wavers throughout the suit. Because when I was younger, I just used to love like, oh, someone's been killed. The and mystery, there was always yeah, yeah. a twist at the end, and there was all like. I, I kind of like. I kind of lost. Um, I, I still. I've seen. I think I've probably seen every single episode of Jonathan Creek. I gave on it as well because. It combined magic and um, and um, I, I love magic, you know. I, yeah, I, I, was, that, I was that kid in school. And and it, cards, it was annoying done, kids when they do magic tricks at the time. It was done you really know? well, the magic side as well, because like he, he was this sort of oddball, but the stuff he did was like it wasn't just like oh, I'm going to make this ball disappear sort of thing. It was like a lot more intricate yeah, than that and really well thought out as opposed to just something but when Caroline left and they got um, what's the name of the girl that um, the, the blonde haired yeah. 
It just lost it, didn't it? Just lost it? its charm, you know? This, this sounds very similar to, to you know, when, when Mulder leaves in Series 7 and you, you bring it's uh, exactly John Doggett in. You bring Doggett in for year, for year 8. That's, that's my teacher thing. I say year 8, so in Season 8. <laughs> <laughs> for, for Season 8. Um, yeah, it, just, it does change the dynamics. When you take... If, if a show... Like, like you say, when you're younger, you don't notice the relationship side of things. But the X-Files is all about Mulder and Scully and their relationship and everything sort of Even from the, centers around that. the pilot episode, you can see oh, it, yeah. it stems from there because right? she runs into his room, doesn't she? And she's like, ah, oh, can I stay here? Because like, she's really sort of spooked out. Mm. And then from there, you just know, right, at the end. I think that's one of the best first episodes of like, any Anything. series. Because the characters are so well established yeah, it's, it's in this film. It's when the time stops in that episode, isn't it? Yes. And, and yeah, and the car, they stop in the car. But they had, and they had to lay out, um, they basically lay out the entire series in one episode. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, you it, can tell everything. Exactly how it's going to go. And, it's, it's... and the conspiracy stuff in X-Files is so... So what I can't remember, is it the break between season five and season six where the That's... office gets burnt down? Yeah, the office burns down the end of series five. Then and then, then, like... then you get the movie... Yeah, movie, the first then movie, then you get two yeah. sets. Yeah, no, I, like, I remember, because we, we used to watch them a lot, because I remember before I came down to Southampton, I had to do uni. Um, I was in college, and I used to work quite a bit. So I remember I used to come home on my break from like being a waiter and try and smash out two episodes of X-Files and then go back to work. But we well, used to... We actually we, named our last band Hell Money after the X-Files <laughs> yeah. as well. Because we, we used to watch it, and you were like, oh, I want to watch the end of season five with you. And... Um, we finished watching it, and at the end, you're just like, fucking hell, like, that was, and, like, you know, you just gobsmacked sort of thing, and I, I, I still remember you saying, imagine having to wait, like, a year to find out yeah, what happens, like, yeah, as, okay. as you were putting in the next DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see? Uh, obviously, you've seen um, the second film. Um, yeah. Would you see it at the cinema when it came out? Uh, twice. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I have a story about that because I, at the time, I just gone through a massive breakup with a girl. And I was trying to kind of get her back. And I was like, let's go to the cinema. We'll go on a cinema date. We'll take you to the cinema. We'll go watch the X-Files film. Because I thought, this is going to be great. I'm going to, going to get my girlfriend back. And then I'm going to watch the X-Files film. And um, we went. And I was really excited. I thought, this is perfect. This is, I, I, in my head, I was like, this is a foolproof plan. It was an absolute disaster. Uh, a woman gets attacked in the first time. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that I, was an interesting film as well. Like, um, are we running out of time? Well, I'm just oh, saying for you because it's. Uh, you got to shoot after that. Yeah, yeah, I say anything about films, though. But that's a weird film as well because um, I, I, I love that film, but the, the, it's, it's not what the general public you don't read the X Files. You just know X Files as aliens and more than Scully. Yeah. It was not um, uh, like mythology as, as much uh, at all. You know, no. like it was complete opposite of the first film. You know, like it was more of a monster of the week sort of like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got Bill was, Conley playing a paedophile priest. <laughs> He's really good. His acting's brilliant in, in, in that. But yeah, it's it's they didn't really know what to make films. Should they make if it seemed like they didn't want to appease fans or so they're stuck in between trying to make a film for the X Files fans and make the, a film for the mainstream. And they the reason it's good either. though, the reason it's good is, is because it completely focuses on that relationship and and, and uh, the the. Mm whatever's happening in the background is not as much of an importance as, um, as the characters, you know? Like, yeah. and, like it's, you learn a lot. Of, I think you learn more about um, Modern Scully in that film than you do in a, some, of the se- some entire of the seasons. It's, it's, a, it's a really good movie. Like, mm. and So even though um, it ruined my chance of getting back with that girl... The X-Files are waiting for... You know, ruined my life. <laughs> um, well, we'll wrap her up with you now because you've got to head off. But um, 
what have Creeper got coming up in the next few months that people should know about? So we go out on tour again next month. Uh, we're doing like a run of headline shows and we're doing some dates with Berry tomorrow, which is like a Southampton band. Uh, we're going out with them and they've asked us to come and play with them. So we're doing some shows with them. Um, we're doing loads of festivals over the summer as well. We're going to do another record. Uh, we're just like putting the songs together for it right now. It's going to be like another EP. Um, so yeah, there's loads going on with us. We're, we're going to be playing like too much probably. Everyone will be fucking sick of us. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh, well, thanks for... Uh, yeah, thanks so much, thanks man. For it's been no Awesome. So uh, there we are, first podcast. Done. Yeah. Um, thanks very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, subscribe on iTunes, leave a review. You can talk about how nasally our voices are and how badly edited this may be. <laughs> Hopefully we're, this is going to be on Sundays. They're probably not going to be on every Sunday because me and Callum live in different parts of the UK. Um, but we're going to try and do them as regularly as possible. But uh, episode two is already done and I'll be... Available next Sunday, which will be... Uh, I should have worked out the date before we started recording this. Next actually. Sunday, yeah. But next Sunday. Um, so we'll have episode two with Brendan Burns. And then we've got, like... Who have we got coming up? Guess what? Uh, got Pat, th- Pat, Pat from South Defence Family. Yeah, we'll be speaking to Pat. Uh, I think we're going to sort out something with Matt, aren't we? Matt just have from... a chat. That's basically just going to be yeah. talking about how much he loves cats, I think. Probably. And then uh, I spoke to Gordon from Region Speedhorns. We're probably going to sit down with him and try and, and work out how his... Ed from Castles as well. Ed from Castles and... Yeah, I've read from Castles. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got loads coming up, and we really, pre- really appreciate anyone who listens to this and, and all the people who've supported us this far. We're an 18 month old label, and we're, 16, we're going to be 16 releases in by the summer. And um, it's all thanks to everyone who's supported the label so yeah. far. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate everyone who's listened to this so far. Thank you. Yeah, and if you enjoyed it and you think your friends might enjoy it or whatever, you know, please share it with them. That'd be really cool. Awesome, thank you very much.